Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Hey, P. Hey, S. How's it going? Oh, it's going. How are you? Oh, you know, just thriving during these pandemic times. Are you thriving? I truly think I was thriving in the beginning, and now I'm kind of reaching an all-time low. Oh, my God. Me, too. I was honestly, for the first six to eight months of COVID, I was thriving. I started my own business, meditating, working out a bunch. Actually, we were still living together early pandemic and don't you just remember I feel like both of us were obviously we were missing so much but we both took that as a time to like focus on ourselves spend so much time outside and mm-hmm. I think now I'm just over it I want to just be <laughs> out living my life and also it's cold right now so it makes it harder to be outside I don't really want to go out on walks since on today's episode we're going to talk a bit about how we met A little backstory for anyone who doesn't know us who's listening. Me and Purse stopped living together like four months ago or something. It was it was super recently. We um, I moved to a different city. Yeah, she left me. I left her. I broke up with her. It was super sad. And now we have to talk through a video screen. (laughs) No, we do miss each other. And it makes it harder because I think at the time when you moved, obviously we were still heavy into the pandemic, but I don't think people anticipated it to be this long. I just think for right now, just knowing when we can actually hang out, go to a house party, me go to your housewarming, you come to our housewarming. Oh my God. And me and Perth love house parties. If anyone listening is having a house party for any reason outside of COVID, like send us the invite. We'll be there. A hundred percent. I will. I miss jumping on people. Oh yeah. I would... (laughs) That's just a weird, weird thing that you do. But it's okay that you do it because you are literally four foot 11. No, I'm not, Sarah. I'm five foot one. Okay, you don't have to scream. I take it very seriously. Okay, well, you were four foot 11 when we met. And I think I just didn't measure myself because then when I recently (laughs) measured myself, I was actually five foot one. Yeah, she's grown in so many ways, which we're literally going to talk about all of her growth today. Let, let's start from the beginning. Let's go back. Let's go back. The year was 2013? Yep. September 2013. September 2013, me and Purse both arrive at a little place called uh, Humber College. Shout out to Humber. We had no idea. Just a few floors away from each other, our soulmates were, were moving in. Exactly. Who would have known? We were in the same residence. On top of that, we were also in the same program. We both were taking journalism. But long story short, on my end, I dropped out after a semester. Yes. You weren't loving the program. Wasn't loving the program. Honestly, it was just a little much. Like, res was a little much for me. I think I just wanted to go back home for a bit and see what I actually wanted to do and then uh, return back to Toronto. Mm-hmm. But uh, how did we first meet, Purse? We met in the hallway right outside of Jim Bard's newspaper class. That's right. And who spoke to who first? I want to say I spoke to you first. I think you did. I remember seeing you like the hallway was so crowded because it was in between classes. So there were just like tens and tens of students like weaving through. And I'm pretty sure I like heard a little voice. A little voice? (laughs) (laughs) Because I couldn't see you because you were so little, but you were on the other side of the hallway and you were like hiding behind all the people that were rushing by. And there was a little voice being like, is this the, is this Jim Bard's class? (laughs) Okay, why do I sound like a child? Because you, you were literally four foot 11. What was your first impression of me? Right off the bat, I think I thought you were very friendly. I think I thought you were really funny. 
And I always say a go-getter because I felt like you just did a really, really good job. Like even in class, you were really good. Although I know for those news awareness tests we had every day. (laughs) Those were awful. Those were awful. I want to tell you my first impression of you. Okay. I thought you were so cute. I think that most people's first impression of you is, I don't, I hate this, but it's, oh, she's so cute. Oh, she's so adorable. And it's just because you're tiny, you're a tiny person and you're just really smiley. So I think like right off the bat, I knew you were super friendly. You just like knew how to be around people. And I was just super relieved because I was nervous about making friends. And I was like, perfect. Now I have a friend in my class and I feel like it was just instant vibes. I know that she's going to be a fun hang and that, you know, sitting next to her in class every single day is not going to be a problem. Yes. I felt that like instant um, crush. I felt that instant crush. Mm. No, I definitely felt that instant vibe with you right away. I'm good for the whole semester now. I have a friend. You're good for life. I'm good for life. Little did I know I'm good for life. I thought just for the semester I would have a friend. It's so cute to kind of look back at those two people then and think, Mm -hmm. would you predict that at 25 and 26, we would still be here? like hosting a podcast would have lived together for seven years gone through so much like no you can never predict like the one of the main things that we always agreed on was how much we loved the city we loved toronto we decided to go to that school because it was near toronto downtown but it wasn't actually in the city it was kind of on the outskirts so we would talk about how much we love Toronto, how much we wanted to live there one day, right downtown, the whole thing. So that was a big part of like what brought us together because we loved the city so much. When I left and was like, what am I going to do with my life? I found a program I liked at a school in the city. And I thought, okay, I'm going to move there, but I need to live with someone. I need a roommate who I know is going to be cool, who I know I'm going to like. And you were the first person that popped into my head. I'm pretty sure... I was totally on the same page with you because I think one of us like Facebook messaged the other. Yeah, I remember this. I Facebooked you. And okay, here's the the number one thing that's great about having Persis as a friend is that she's just down for anything. Obviously, you're not a pushover. You're not going to do everything um, that everyone else wants to do. But when it comes down to like fun ideas or just like new projects, like you're just always down. You're always interested. You're always excited. And so when I reached out to you on Facebook, I was a little nervous because we had kind of lost touch. And you instantly were like, oh my God, yeah, let's do it. Let's let's find a place. How are we going to find it? It was, it, there was no questions asked. It was just like, yep, let's do it. And that has been, my whole friendship with you has been like, if I need to do anything or go anywhere and I need someone by my side, like I know I can ask Purse because she's going to say yes. Yeah. Same, same with you though. I feel like there's a lot of situations where I'm like, Sarah, can you just come with me to this thing? Just like be my person there. The amount of just things that we had to go to that we were like, I'm not going to this unless Persis is coming with me. That's it. She's my partner in life. Till death do us part. Or until one of us can't pay the rent. Or until one of us moves out. (laughs) Sorry. Wow. Sorry about that. I'm triggered. I am also triggered. And then it happened. I went to Europe in the summer. Sarah found us an apartment. (laughs) Oh my God. I just like wandered around Toronto for a while and I literally walked into an apartment building and I was like are you guys do you guys have any vacancies and they were like yeah and then we moved in it was a very classic first apartment to live in we definitely uh went through some times in there yeah we called it cockroach cove because it was completely infested with cockroaches from day one we had the time of our lives it honestly that first year has so many good memories the two of us in the big city for the first time, this place we always wanted to live. We had no idea what we were doing and we were just like having a great time. During that time, I was seeing, oh, we'll come up with a code name. Yeah. Bob. Bobby. You remember Bobby. I will never forget Bobby. We were seeing each other for what, three months maybe? Around there, yeah. Maybe just three months. He decided to break up with me over a text message and I, your girl purse was not having that. And I was like, listen, I don't like this. Listen, listen. (laughs) Listen, Bobby. First of all, I wasn't expecting it. It came out of nowhere. And I remember I called Sarah to like come home because I was with my other friend, Emily. Shout out, Emily. Emily. 
we were going out that night with my sister and uh, my brother-in-law. Yeah. And I think I called Bobby to be like, listen, it's fine if you feel the way you feel, but what happened? What went wrong? Mm-hmm. We both just started like yelling at each other. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. <sighs> Bobby. He was getting like, I think just exasperated and over, I think we were both just very like over emotional. And I also think I called him a little drunk maybe. Oh, you were drunk. Oh, that's, that's for sure. Yes. Vodka. I remember the bottle. <laughs> so, so then after I hung up the phone, I remember I took my eyeliner. I whipped it across the room and I all of a sudden had this like bad bitch energy. So when we were going to my sister's place, I just decided to put on Stronger by Britney Spears and dance on top of a chair in front of everybody. It was amazing. It was beautiful. Proceeded to yell in the streets of Liberty Village. Yeah, it was It was definitely a night to remember. Bobby, if you're out there, I think you know who you are. We're on totally good terms right now. There's literally no bad blood. That was, uh, that was definitely a clear memory in my head when I think of Gerard. And a moment when I would cry over men. Yes, exactly. Which like not wasting any time on that anymore, if you know what I mean. This is just one last memory about Gerard. I was going to a frat party with a friend from school and you were like out working. You were out somewhere. I think you were working. And so I had the place to myself and I decided I was just going to get obliterated alone. So to prepare for this frat party because I was kind of nervous to go. So I started drinking alone and I made a whole bunch of like videos on my photo booth by myself, which we don't have to talk about again. Maybe we'll cut that out of the podcast. But we're um, keeping that in. And anyway, I went to the frat party, came home. When I got home, I decided I'm super hungry. I want chicken fingers. And I'm vegetarian now, but at the time I was all about the chicken fingies. So I got some chicken fingers. I put them into the oven. The next thing I remember, it's seven in the morning. I awaken from my slumber to just a thin veil of smoke. That's actually terrifying. (laughs) And I have never, I don't know if I've ever moved so fast. I just like teleported from my bed to the kitchen. And I, I had left, obviously, had left the chicken fingers in there to bake and fell asleep. I took the chicken fingers out of the oven and they were all just little piles of black ash. And we had kind of just moved in together. Like it wasn't that soon into us being roommates. And I had to text you and be like, listen, I almost burnt down the apartment last night. Like when you get here, everything is going to smell like burnt chicken. I'm trying to remember. I remember that memory, like hands down. But I can't remember me coming back and maybe like smelling the smoke or anything like that. I feel like that is just like out of my memory. Oh, it was bad. I I honestly will never forget that smell. That's also very scary, like being alone in the apartment in that moment, because who knows, what if it would have caught on fire, like actual crazy flames? Yeah, that was definitely a moment for me of like, I'm living alone, like I'm living out of my parents' house now and it's time to be a bit more responsible, you know? Setting the chicken fingers on fire, that goes down in the books. (laughs) That's why I'm a vegetarian now. Okay, Purse, so we move in together. I still remember I got to the apartment first and I remember when you got there with your sister, shout out Marsh Neal, and you walked in and you were wearing cheetah print, I remember, and your and your hair was in a bun, I remember that too. And I was like, this is going to be my roommate and here we go. Like, it starts now. When you describe me wearing cheetah print, it sounds like I'm a snooky walking into the apartment. <laughs> it was like a little snooky and Purse's sister uh, is also like a like, like tiny and they look alike. So it was like two little, it was like Snooki and Dina just just rolling in. You moved in your stuff, I moved in my stuff. And that night we were going to a friend's house party. A friend who I knew from home who now lived in Toronto and was like, hey, come to this house party. Um, you don't know anyone here, like come on down. I also didn't have a bed yet. My mattress was getting delivered the next day. So I had an air mattress. And how did we spend our first night purse? Sarah and I were laying on her air mattress and I think we just kind of were like having a bit of small talk in the beginning. Just kind of like, how was your summer? How was this? And then we ended up just talking for so long, just like opening Mm -hmm. up about like both of us had some very like intense things that happened to us that past summer. Mm -hmm. And I think we just had that bond right away. Yeah. When we looked at the time and we're like, okay, we need to go. That wasn't when you told me about Alice. No. But... 
there was some other stuff you were telling me. Anyway, we just like opened up to each other and it got really like personal very quickly. To, for me, it was like, okay, this is going to be good. Like we clearly have are going to be good roommates. Yeah, you just open up right away and I felt like I just knew you so well. When I do think about maybe the first time I came out to you, do you remember anything? Because I was trying to remember for a long time of like maybe what that moment was. Okay, so I, so first, the first thing I thought was I don't remember when Persis came out to me. But then I realized like I think you coming out to me was beneficial for you because you didn't know me that well. Yes, we were friends from school, but we had really just moved in together and we were really just getting to know each other. So it wasn't like you needed to necessarily come out. It wasn't like you were having to sit your family down or your childhood friends and be like, I have this thing to tell you about me. It was almost like you had this clean slate with a brand new person where you could just be who you were and say what you wanted to say without having to have context or an explanation behind it. So when I think about you coming out to me, it almost wasn't even like a coming out moment. It was more just like, conversationally hey I uh, kind of have a thing for this girl um and and here's the story of it and and that's that it wasn't like a typical I have to tell you something moment and I think that was that must have been really liberating for you it was very liberating and you actually hit the nail on that because I remember thinking did I ever just have a moment when I told Sarah because at the time I identified as bisexual for a good Mm. few years into my early 20s up until honestly 24, <laughs> I always, like I last year, last year, I think last year, I was always confidently very, or identified as bisexual. And that's what I definitely really believed. It was the first time I was really experiencing, or I experienced feelings for women for into my teens, as early as my teens, as we just talked about in the last episode, but what made sense to me at the time and what felt comfortable me, to me at the time was saying I was bi. I don't think I came up to you one day and said, Sarah, I'm bi. A lot of it, I think, did revolve around the conversation with my feelings for Alice. And it felt very natural, I think, because it was almost like I was just telling any friend, you know, I have a crush on this person. And because, like you were saying before, I didn't go to high school with you. You didn't even know Alice. It didn't feel as scary to tell you, oh, I think I have feelings for this girl. Because you literally didn't know her. Right, exactly. And I didn't know your your dating history. I didn't know. It wasn't like I knew you were like dating a guy and then all of a sudden you were dating a girl or something like that. Like I didn't know anything about your sexual past. So for you to be like just having a conversation with me and then casually mentioning about this girl you had a crush on, it wasn't anything. It wasn't like a big aha discovery it was just like oh okay cool it was almost like a little acknowledgement like a little check mark in my mind like okay cool she's also into girls yeah and I think also even for me I think that felt like a big weight lifted off my shoulders that I think that was the first time I actually maybe acknowledged those could have been feelings for her because I don't want to get too much into it really I I think so oh my god that's huge I didn't know that yeah well because I definitely didn't tell, my friends maybe had suspicions, like my other girlfriends in high school, maybe had suspicions that I had a thing for Alice, but it was never talked about because I feel they, one, probably didn't want to like confront me about it mm-hmm. because <laughs> that had actually happened in grade 11 um, where they were like, I think we think you like her. And I was like, no, 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 I don't. <laughs> You denied. You I really denied. denied it. Mm-hmm. And did they believe you when you denied it? Or were they like, mm, okay, sure, but we know the truth? I think it was more the second one. I think... Uh... I can't wait to get one of them on the show. <laughs> or like all of them on the show. That's going to be so awesome. I can't wait either. But they they definitely didn't really believe me 100%. But I think they thought, one, you're not going to like pressure someone. I think, you know, there's so many other thoughts going on in my mind. One, that she's a woman and I was still so unsure of how I even felt and, or even wanted to acknowledge how I felt. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit closeted or a lot bit closeted. And like we talked about before, really scared about Alice ever finding out and then her not wanting to be my friend anymore. Right, yeah. So I think that's kind of how it happened. But during that period of time, I still was 
going on dates with a lot of guys. Like you even tried to set me up. Like I was still actively going on dates, but I think I noticed when I was drunk, <laughs> I would drunk text Alice a lot. And I think I would wake up in the morning like, Sarah, I can't believe I said this. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is we think that your coming out to me was basically just um, telling me that you had a crush on your friend who was a girl. It wasn't a big deal. Um, do you remember my reaction though? Oh, I'm, I'm trying to remember. I don't think I don't think I reacted. I, I definitely don't remember being like, what? I just, I think that it was just a really casual combo and then it instantly became part of our world. But do you remember when we were filming our Persis and Sarah show on Photo Booth? Of course I remember. I'll never forget. So very quick backstory. Sarah and I used to film these videos on her photo booth on her Mac. Like before we go out, we'd be like pre-drinking and we would basically be giving updates on our life. And it's funny to think about that now because like flash forward to today and we're, we're basically trying to do the same thing. But for real, this one was just on our photo booth. So it just lived on our computers. But when we talked, we would talk to fake a fake audience. We'd be like, Welcome to the Sarah and Persis show. And then we talk about our life for like two hours. Um, and it was probably the most boring thing anyone could ever watch. But we love looking back on these videos because we were like 19 years old and talking about crushes we had. And in my case, saying some like kind of problematic stuff. I think this is part of part of our story in terms of like you teaching me a lot about the queer community. Like we talked about in the last episode, I definitely grew up in an environment where being gay was not normal. It wasn't necessarily not okay. It just wasn't normal. So if you wanted to be normal and fit into the status quo in the crowd, then you would not be gay, basically. And so I had that ingrained in me, but I had learned a little bit in high school to be a bit more open-minded. Then I move in with you and we start having these really in-depth conversations about what it means to be bisexual or gay or asexual or pansexual. Like we started having these conversations that I had never had in my entire life. It was exciting. I was like exploring it and my mind was just blossoming. But that also meant that I had to work through some like societal norms that were ingrained in me that I had to push through and finally free myself of. And so because of that, sometimes when when me and Purse look back on these conversations we had or these videos that we recorded, there's some stuff I say that even though it's cringy now, I look back and I'm like, that's okay. I was working through what society made me feel and made me think was true. And I came out on the other side and I'm still learning, but at least I was able to be open and figure it out. The thing that we found problematic looking back on these videos was that I wasn't just like, okay, cool, you're bisexual, end of story. I was always trying to like qualify your feelings. Like I was always trying to be like, okay, but do you think maybe you like girls more? Or maybe you like boys more and you just think you like girls or vice versa. Like I could never just let it be. I was always trying to like find a way to figure out like which side of the team you were on or something like that. Like I, it, I think I was just like, trying to wrap my head around the idea of bisexuality and having these conversations allowed me to just see it as it is and not have to define it in any concrete way. Yeah. And, but to your defense though, too, and I understand, like, I think that that was definitely something I think that got brought up between the two of us a lot, kind of being like, well, do you feel more for one way or the other? But I think at the time, because my feelings that you had seen at least throughout even my dating life for Alice seemed to always be very strong compared to even when I would go on dates with a lot of guys. Maybe you were just thinking, maybe she likes girls more. That's definitely what I thought. I I remember thinking that and I remember saying that, right? Like maybe, maybe Percy just like girls more and you just think you're you're bi, like that, that kind of stuff. And obviously now I understand that that's not my place. That's not my place to suggest binary blocks for you to fit into. You can be as fluid as you want to be and there's no there's nothing there's no like category that you need to put yourself into but you never made me feel bad like that's that's one that's a big part of why we wanted to start this podcast like me exploring these ideas for the first time in these conversations with you and just just being like blown away by what what my mind was able to the places my mind was able to go I guess like you never made me feel bad you were never like 
Sarah, that was that was not okay for you to say to me. You were always like so patient. You would just ask me questions and um, hear me out and then count, counterattack, but never made me feel like I was in the wrong for saying something. Never. No. And because I knew you weren't coming from a you weren't coming from a place of attacking me. It was just, you're also learning and we're young. We were literally like 19 and 20. And I was figuring out so much stuff too about the community. I was, I am no, by no means an expert. And I definitely wasn't one then. We were both exploring together at the same time. I think that helped because coming from a hetero perspective, I hear a lot of straight people saying, oh, um, you can't say anything right these days or everything you say is offending someone. You not doing that to me, like you not attacking me and you allowing me to kind of sort through these things myself as we had these conversations is is what helped me learn. I think if you would just shut me down right away, I might have got defensive. I, I might have felt like I don't understand and I wouldn't have explored the ideas more. I wouldn't have um, been able to understand fluidity. You allowed me to stumble and make mistakes. And we're all going to. Something I always remember about us is that our conversations were always so open. It was like anything yeah. goes. Like I could anything be, goes. anything goes. I don't know. I would be pouring my heart out to you about Alice, maybe crying over her probably a few mm-hmm. nights, but then <laughs> we don't have to say how many nights. We won't say how many nights. But it was a lot, <laughs> like around 100. But then another day, even if I was like, I'm going to go on a date with a guy. I feel like you were still like, yeah, girl, go for it. Go for what you want to in the moment. It's not like you would stop me and be like, well, Persis, like, don't you think you like girls more? Like, look how upset you were. You were just, everything was like, do what you feel. That's true. At the end of the day, I, nev- I never like pushed you in any direction. It was just like. Or judged like- me. I never judged you ever. It was just sometimes in the thick of conversations, I would say things that look in retrospect were like totally not PC or they just weren't fair to you. We both gave each other space. We, we both gave each other all the space we needed to learn. But then we also asked each other questions to push our, to push our knowledge further because you're right. We were both learning and you were you were just like really diving headfirst into the queer community for the first time. Yeah. So what's actually kind of crazy is that you like saw so much of that. Like a lot of my firsts were like with you, with you. <laughs> they were with me. They were with you with involved. Me. Like I was in, I was in the scenario. <laughs> she was in the scenario. Okay. Take that, take that as you want audience. But um, audience. It, I actually think that's kind of a cool thing. Like a lot of, because we were living together during these like pivotal moments, like your early twenties are so many things happen, so many things that I just feel like it's really exciting for me and for you to kind of like watch my journey through sexuality. And like for me, even to see you and your dating journey. Mm-hmm, totally. Yeah, it was it was great. And like if we can dig up any of those old conversations, we definitely will. I'd love to like air a few audio clips on this podcast because – like, even if we're cringing, like, it's just I, those conversations that we had in that first year living together are the entire point of us having this podcast now. And so I forget if we already covered this in the beginning. So, like, stop me if we did. But there was no part of you when I first told you about my feelings for a girl for the first time that thought, oh, like, not in a judgment way. I'm not saying you'd be like, oh, okay. But was it kind of something where you're like, oh, this is interesting. Like I haven't, because at the time you didn't know a lot of girls who liked other girls, at least in your inner circle. Oh yeah. So, so totally. So I definitely wasn't judging, but, but of course I was like, oh, I, it was, it was very um, surprising to me as someone who didn't know a lot of queer girls and also did not know any femme identifying or presenting queer girls. It was, I was like, oh, okay. I didn't linger on it long, but I definitely was like, oh, didn't know that surprised when this is a fun question when alice came to visit the apartment did you ever sense any vibes because i forget 
if I told you I liked her before we'd go out or something. So I remember that I did know that you liked her before I met her. So that was always part of the context when she came around that I don't remember ever a time where she was around and I and I didn't understand that that you had a crush on her that you guys had like kissed um, and such. But um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I always knew. Yeah, that's interesting. Because if I didn't tell you, I wonder if you would have been able to pick up on like my energy towards her or something and maybe think, ah, purse. I think I would have. I mean, now I can tell if you're vibing someone from 20 miles away. Like you have a thing that you do when you're into someone that is like, to me, unmistakable. Maybe to them, they don't realize it at first. But um, especially if you're drinking at the same time, like there is a thing you do and like it's a thing with your eyes and a thing with your voice and you can just tell. I could probably tell from like talking to you on a phone call from from the other side of the world whether you're digging someone. But, what do um, I do? Is it just like like flirty and then drunk eyes? Honestly, it's mainly the eyes. You just like you are not shy of staring someone down. Like you will look at someone longer than than a normal person would dare to stare at somebody. (laughs) You'll almost do it like a bit of a side eye. Like you'll just like stare at them. You'll just (gasps) And I mean, that's a very obvious sign that you're into someone. But a lot of people don't realize you're staring. Okay, thank God. (laughs) Well, some people do, but not everyone. Hopefully they're into it or they're like, okay, I'm just going to leave the room. It's awesome. I love when you're into someone because it's like you just you you can't you're the kind of person who can't hide your feelings um, and I'm the total opposite. So I love it. I love like witnessing you <laughs> being so blatantly into someone. And um, I get when I have I would, the liquid yeah. courage, it's like mm-hmm. I, it's almost like I just don't even realize like all those the anxiousness I would have felt if I was sober where I'd probably be like, I'm just going to yeah, like I have a crush on this person and I'll maybe like try and be around them. But I think when I'm drunk or like a little tipsy, it's game over. Inhibitions are gone. And it, yeah, it's mainly the liquid courage, I would say, because when you're sober and you like someone, you're just you're just really friendly, like you would be with any other person. So it's less it's less easy to tell if you like hadn't been friends with you for 10 years. But um the liquid courage just like flips a switch. I love it. But I think that if I didn't know, I probably would have been able to tell. Mm-hmm. And you're very touch. Like Persis is also a very touchy person. Like in regular non-COVID times, you love to hug. As you said earlier, you love to jump on people um, unexpectedly. You always like to have like a hand on someone, especially if you if you love them. And this can be like platonic love too. Like you just always want to be like touching them really close to them in some way. So if you're digging someone, you are like definitely making that physical connection in some way. Actually, it's funny you said that because um, in one of my videos, I was talking to one of my friends, best friends, Jessica Kohek. I'm going to give her a shout out. I'm sure she'll be fine with me saying yes. that. Yes, shout out to Jess. We love Jess. But Jess always noticed when I was in high school too, she was like, you were such an affectionate person. And I was, and that's when she maybe thought I was into girls, which is, she was right. <laughs> she was correct. Even when I would do it, like you said, platonically to my friends, it had nothing to do with me having feelings for them. It was always like, I just love to hug people. Like I would cuddle my friends while we'd fall asleep. But if, right. of course, if it's someone who I have a crush on, times that by like a hundred. <laughs> oh, for sure. So I think like either way, I would have known if you were into Alice. That is so funny. Basically, we're saying like you didn't really have to come out to me in the typical way someone needs to come out to people. But tell me a bit about because I think that like people listening who are maybe in any stage of coming out, whether they haven't done it yet, they're thinking of doing it or they've already done it and they're now they're now they're kind of like exploring this world. Um, What was it like coming out to your family and your friends? So when I came out to my family the first time around, I think I was 18. When I first said something, I remember it was actually around Valentine's Day. It was my first year at Humber. So I was living at Res because that beginning of the year, when I look back on that year, I was going through a rough couple of months. Like I couldn't figure out what it was. I felt like I was spiraling a little bit in sense of like my emotions because I couldn't control them. And along that time, I was struggling a lot with my feelings for Alice. And sometimes looking back at that, 
it almost seems like it wasn't a big deal at the time because I'm like, oh, okay, I just had really deep feelings for my friend. Like, was that really everything that was bothering me? But mm-hmm. it really, really was rough for me. Like I said, she had a boyfriend at the time and my feelings for her were just so strong. And I think because I contained them for so many years, I was just holding so much in. I was also on some medication at the time that was like also not helping my my situation. So I think it was everything was just not good. Yeah. So when I told my family for the first time, I forget if I told them I specifically had a thing for her or if I said to my mom and dad, like, hey guys, like I kind of want to talk to you about something. I think I could be interested in women too. Did you like sit them down or was it a bit more casual? Very casual. I remember I was in the kitchen with them. My mom was like sitting on like another chair. And I think my dad might have been like standing somewhere. And I think I got in the kitchen. And I'm pretty sure I just was like, hey, like, can I talk to you guys about something? I'm not really sure how I'm feeling, but I think I've, I could like girls too. And I remember the way I said it though, had no confidence. Oh, I knew I liked Alice. I remember being like, I want to be with her. I want to kiss her. Like you want to do all those things. Like I had all those attractions for her. Oh yeah. There's no, there's at a certain point, there's no disguising anymore what you want. I kind of told him, yeah, I think I could like girls. And my, remember my dad, I don't think he questioned anything. I honestly think he was like, oh, okay. Literally. I don't think, I cannot even remember because I think. I love him. I love him so much. My mom was amazing, but I yeah. do remember she did say, and I, I know she didn't mean this in a bad way because I think she was also trying to figure out sexuality as well because I don't think she knew a lot of lesbians or, and I think even to her, I don't think she knew too much about bisexuality. Totally. She was like, oh, like, do you think it's just a phase sort of thing? And I think there's a lot of um, stigma that comes along with girls in college who are experimenting. Ooh, that's a great point. I didn't even think about that. That's a really good point. You had just finished or were just about to finish your first year in college when you when you told them this. Yeah. And I think I think that's kind of where it came from. And I'm not putting she didn't contribute to any of my being upset because I really don't want to put any fault on her because obviously she's could care less about anything. But I think it was a genuine question. I think she was just wondering because I think she was also like just didn't know how to react to it really. And I don't think she expected it from me Mm. because I've talked to her about this recently, I'd say in the past couple of years, just saying, would you have ever expected that I would have liked women? And she was like, no. Mm. The only time she told me where she finally just could see it was when she saw me at my sister's wedding and I was like dancing on the dance floor with another girl. Oh, but like friendly, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I don't even remember who the girl was, but my mom was Probably like, <laughs> "No, she would have said if it was you." Oh, okay, okay. She just said she saw me, and she just got so happy. And even though she knew I wasn't like romantically involved with the girl I was dancing with, me, <laughs> Sarah's jealous. I'm a little jealous of whoever this random girl is. Like, who is this random girl you're dancing with? Just a question. I'm not jealous. Um, She told me she was finally could just like envision it. I think she just saw it and she got so happy in her heart because she's like, okay, like I, I see, I see where Persis is coming from because to her defense, I was a confused girl. I was going back and forth. I also, at that time, wasn't really experiencing feelings for other girls outside of Alice. So I kept thinking, is she the only person I'm going to like in this world? (laughs) Everyone has their own journey in in opening their minds to all of these things. And it's going to take longer for some people and shorter for others. Um, But I think it's so amazing that you really were met with acceptance immediately from your parents, especially as uh, to people who came to Canada from India. You are first generation. And I do have um, a family member who we're really close to who is gay. Mm-hmm. So I also think my parents, they were very close to him and I know they helped him a lot with his coming out journey. But I think um, I think it was really for my mom. Because like I said, I, I don't remember any, my dad was like, okay. But I think for my mom, just thinking of her, 
I think she just always envisioned me with a guy, you know? Right. So I think just for her and it's her own daughter and she's like, oh, okay. I think she was like, well, I hope Persis just meets the right girl. So I think my mom also had a bit of like worry of is Persis going to meet the right girl? Is, is someone going to treat her right? And then, right. like I said, I think she always just envisioned me with a man. So I think mm-hmm. it was just a bit for her to wrap her head around. And I'm a very femme presenting girl. Exactly. I was just going to say like that is, I think that is such a huge part of um, what, like all of these situations where people are surprised when they find out that you're into girls obviously this is what we're trying to move away from are these stereotypes of what a gay person looks like or sounds like or walks like but um almost everyone who finds out that you like girls is surprised and it's almost always because you uh, like you are very pretty you like to wear makeup you like cute clothes like all of these things i don't know who decided that they that those things didn't belong to a girl who likes girls but um I don't, I don't think you've ever like came out to someone and had them not be surprised. Yeah. Throughout that year, because I just wasn't so sure. I know I dealt with a lot of sadness and like pent up feelings. And I think um, my parents were also probably really confused about what was going on with me throughout Mm -hmm. like the remainder of my semester at Humber. But when I look back at that, it was all my sexuality. All of it. My friendship with Alice, my confusion. And I was just a mess. I remember writing a letter to myself at 18. Just I remember writing it down, being like, you're not crazy. You're going to be okay. I know your emotion seems out of whack and you're very upset, but you are going to figure yourself out and you're going to be fine. First of all, what advice do you have for someone who hasn't come out yet and is thinking of doing it? But then also, what advice do you have for someone is coming out to them and how to react and um, how to move forward? So for my advice, if you want to come out to someone, always know for sure. Like this is my first word of advice is that you never have to rush. Never feel like you're in a rush to tell someone. Only come in or come in. Only (laughs) come into the closet. Oh God. Um, Only come out at your own pace. It's your story and you don't owe it to anybody else. So when you feel like you're ready and you're comfortable, go tell someone who you're comfortable with and that you trust. And if, if you know you have to come out to, let's say your family who hasn't been very openly accepting in the past, or maybe they've made comments about gay people that you're like, oh God, I know if I come out to them, this is going to be rough. I think you just have to know that just believe in yourself love yourself and you know your feelings. And I know it can be a touchy subject because it's family, but I think if your family really, really does love and accept you, they will listen to you and they will hear you. And maybe it might take some time on their end to be okay with it. But to me, it was, it is way more worth it for you to live your truth and tell your truth rather than not doing it because of other people, because you should live for yourself. Don't live for other people. Like exactly, live, live for you. Eventually, like if someone loves you unconditionally, they're going to come around to it, even if they object to it at first. Um, and if they never do, then maybe that's just not unconditional love, and that's something that is probably going to be very tough to come to terms with. But I think you hear stories all the time of people who do have to come to terms with that. And I think you were one of the lucky ones who you were met with acceptance from. From pretty much everyone but I think that's a really good point yeah oh yeah and it's really hard to kind of say like this person shouldn't be in your life if they don't accept you but I think um sometimes that I don't know sometimes if they're not if they're still going to treat you in a certain type of way and discriminate against you really look take a look at that person and your relationship and just be like maybe this just isn't the right time for us to be friends right now even if they're a family member just maybe have your distance from them. Like you can still, they're still your family regardless, but maybe that's just something you have to accept for the time being. But I always think that you should be yourself. Yeah. And then what advice would you have for someone who maybe someone just came out to them and they they don't know how they're supposed to react or they're worried they reacted the wrong way? I think it's, I always think it's um, easy to think, oh my gosh, maybe I reacted the wrong way. But I think just be open, be open-minded, listen, to them. Don't have any judgments about them. Like you said, maybe don't have judgments on their past dating. 
And I think, as I was telling you in the first episode, I think I appeared very boy crazy because I had a lot of crushes on boys. And even in high school, other than Alice, I was probably talking about crushes I had on boys. So despite all of that, don't look at someone's past. If they are coming to you and saying, I'm bi, or I think I'm interested in women, listen to them and maybe be like, oh yeah, tell me more. Like, is there anyone you like? Showing that energy to them is going to make them more comfortable and want to speak to you. And you're going to want the best that you're going to want the best for your friend and you want them to be happy. Totally. And I think like if for any reason you are having some sort of judgment or rejection to what is being told to you, even if you don't want to, but if you're feeling that in your body or in your mind, I would say take a step away first before anything is said that you wish you wouldn't have said. So if for some reason you're rejecting the what the person is telling you, just step away for a little bit. I think like time heals all. Step away for a while and just absorb it and then go back to the person and do everything Persis just said. Um, But don't be afraid to take that time if you need it. Yeah. And I think sometimes people say things really quickly before thinking about it. Totally. I think just think about what you're going to say. Because when you're coming out to someone, you're being very vulnerable and Yeah, exactly. Like you said, maybe if you have these questions or even in your head, if you're like, hmm, this doesn't add up to me, (laughs) even though I could go on forever, but that shouldn't because it's not your life. It's the other person's life. Absolutely. And that's the thing, right? Like, of course, of course, you should just be like, cool and move on and it shouldn't be a big deal. But the reality is that people are going to have feelings about it. People are going to have maybe rejections or judgments. It's just, it's going to happen and it happens all the time. And I think if you're really trying to open your mind and you're trying to see, um, to stop having these feelings, sometimes the best thing to do is just give it some time and step away and then come back to the situation. Is there anything else you want to add about coming out or um, our relationship? How after I came out to Sarah, she fell in love with me? (laughs) Exactly. We'll go into that in another episode though. I really do want to reiterate that I had a good coming out process in the sense of like acceptance from people though, Mm -hmm. not dealing with a lot of homophobia at all. A lot of my struggles were my internal struggles and my confusion with myself and also struggling with my identity because I didn't see anyone who looked like me. We we already talked about this with media, but there was a lot of doubt. So um, for sure. And now I've come far from that. You've come so far from that, but it was a process and we'll obviously go into that in other episodes. But I think also another thing I'd say is if anyone is listening to this and you want someone to talk to, but you don't have anyone in your life, shoot us a DM. We'll have our, um, we'll like link our Instagram in the show notes and just, just message us and talk to us. Persis will talk to you. I'll talk to you. You always have a community um, somewhere, even if it's not in the direct um, circle of influence that you see around you now. Yes. Our DMs are open, so. At the end of every episode, we are going to give you guys a little tidbit about something that happened in the um, pop culture zeitgeist um, that you might not have heard about. And this one just happened recently. At the beginning of the year when John Krasinski hosted SNL and in his opening monologue, him and Pete Davidson kissed. The joke was that um, someone in the crowd was wondering if Pete Davidson was Pam from The Office and that and then everyone started chanting, you know, kiss Pam, kiss Pam. And then John Krasinski goes ahead and kisses Pam, who's just Pete Davidson. So honestly, like not a great joke, but... I think that when I saw it, I was like, okay, this brings up some questions for me. And I think same same gender kisses have been used in comedy for a long time. And typically the way I've seen it, especially in TV and movies, is that a man and a man kissing is seen as comical. A woman and a woman kissing is seen as sexual. And there's there's really not a lot of leeway there. And I guess the first questions that came up for me was, what makes this funny? It was in the opening monologue. So like that's when John Krasinski is trying to be at his funniest, right? Like he's trying to make an impression. So it was clearly funny. And what makes it funny? Was it just the shock value? Was it the fact that it was two men who we know or or we, we believe are straight, are kissing? Like what exactly makes it funny? If it was a 
male and a female who decided to kiss in the opening monologue instead, even if they had no relation to each other, that wouldn't be used as shock value and funny. I, I don't, I think if anything, people would be like, oh, okay. Right. Like I, tr- I really tried to think about this one objectively and I was like, okay, if this was a woman, say John Krasinski was a woman and, and she kissed Pete Davidson, would it be as funny? It brings it back to like the mid 2000s a little bit. I think yeah, totally. w- when you think about it sometimes, you're like, this, these are just two men kissing. <laughs> like, why do we find that hilarious? Why do we mm-hmm. find when two women kiss, it's like shocking? And like, are they, a lesbi- are they lesbians now? That's actually, that's actually a really good point. I mean, no one after watching that opening monologue was like, oh my God, does this mean that John Krasinski and or Pete Davidson are gay? Right? No one... I, I highly doubt anyone was thinking that afterwards. But if it was a woman and a woman, I think that would, that's a different story. I definitely think there would be people who would be like, wait, do they like women? Yeah. And also like just how maybe it could feel for people in the queer community too. Exactly. That's another question that came up for me. I was like, okay, if I'm a gay man watching this, how do I feel? And I would love to talk to one of our um, gay male friends about it and get their opinion, right? Do Are they like whatever... Are they like, oh, it's great. It's it's kind of, you know, offering some representation. I highly doubt that's the case, but maybe that is. Or maybe they're kind of offended. Why are people laughing at this? This is something that is just a normal everyday um, part of my life. You know what I mean? It's true. And obviously there's so many things in the world like we could be saying that are hurtful that we don't even know about. Someone else could be saying something that's hurtful and they don't know about it. Definitely. But um, it's always important to see all sides. So I like that you were looking at a situation like this that was meant to be just comedic, you were able to be like, okay, wait a minute, let me put myself in someone else's shoes. Absolutely. And I would just like to put on the record that I love John Krasinski with everything in me. Um, and I also have a soft spot for Pete Davidson. I know he's like a controversial character, but I personally, there's something about him I really love. I feel the same way. I was also into him and Ari. I'm not going to lie. Me too. I was sad about that. But John Krasinski is my, is, uh, my number one. Love that man. He's a good one. He's a great one. All right, Sarah. Well, I love you. Thank you for being on. Well, <laughs> thank you for being on the show. Being um, a guest on my podcast. I'm glad we could cover these topics because I think it's a really important one. I love you so much. I'm so happy that you have grown um, both in height and in your capacity to understand yourself. Two inches. Two inches, guys. Three inches. No, oh. two inches. Two inches. No, we can say three. Yeah, we'll, we'll say three. Yeah, I'll give you three. All right. Well, you know where to find us, guys. We'll uh, link our Instagrams if you want to DM us. And we'll see you in the next episode. <laughs>